All right, folks, this show is sponsored by Anchor. A while back, we switched over to Anchor as our hosting platform for Panel to Panel. And to be honest, it's actually been one of the best experiences we've had when it comes to hosting our podcast. A lot of people think making a podcast is super difficult, but Anchor actually allows you to record and edit your podcast all on your phone if that's what you want to do. Anchor even helps you get your podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other places like that. That way you can get your podcast to a wide audience of different people. And the best part about it, it's totally free. So go ahead, check out Anchor.fm, or download the Anchor app on your phone or through the App Store or the Google Play Store and check it out today. Now let's turn the page and get to this week's episode of Panel to Panel. Don't forget, folks, you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Basically, wherever you can listen to a podcast except for SoundCloud, you can find us there. So make sure that you check, check us out. Uh, review us on Apple Podcasts if you can. Help us boost those numbers up and get people looking at us more, more often. All right. You can also follow us on Twitter at PTP underscore podcast. And th- those are all the grounds I need to cover. And then we're going to go ahead and jump in. My name is James Portis. To my left, we have the man who, like myself, is very enslaved to From Software's newest release of Elden Ring. Um, but I am actually farther than him. Ha ha ha. Uh, and this man over here losing sleep over it, which I find hilarious. Uh, we have Travis Tucker. How you doing today, sir? Love how you talk shit about being further than me in a in a... A free roaming game, <laughs> but, but hey, I've, I've I have g- gone further in the progression of what you're supposed to do in the free roam game than you. So ha 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 ha. Uh, sh- maybe you don't even know. Like <laughs> you literally need to beat the one motherfucker to get the thing to move on to the end of the game, or or I can complete the whole map. My God. Anyway, to my right we have the woman who apparently has revealed to us this evening she is obsessed with capybaras. Uh, we have Mary. How are you doing this evening? Me session with capybaras isn't new. Um, and wow, I have a lot of fan art in here. You have a lot of what art? Saucy fan art. Saucy. I'm clearing fan pictures. Art. I'm I'm clearing pictures off my phone because, like, I never go back and look at it. Have you made and... it to the Legend of Korra section yet? Oh, sweetheart, we are well past the Legend of Korra section. I mean, to oh my fa- god. Travis, uh, as, as, as like like as like now that you've grown more accustomed to the gayness that is me and Mary, you should know by now that like the gay nerd community just like 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 generates the saucy fan art to the highest degree. Like the amount of like Bruce and Sue in Clark fan art I see on the daily is ridiculous. Like, oh my god! Like- when uh, Victoria got um, she got another piercing in her whatever because she has like 40 of them and uh we went to the tattoo party done and um i go back there you know just with her because i like making fun of her because she gets uh, nervous around the needles and i look over on the wall of this tattoo parlor there's just a picture of like um 
Bruce and Clark in their costumes, like rolling around on the floor, all gay shit. All, That's you all know, gay like. And that. the dude, the dude giving Victoria the saying looks, you know, like he could be a hell's angel. Love that. I was sitting here so going, fantastic. Right. Actually, I might still have the picture. So, if you have that, please drop that in chat. Oh, what I've, you're saying is, is that there's a picture of Bruce and Clark doing the gay shit while Victoria was being pierced by essentially Midnighter. Unfortunately, they're not in the picture. Uh, it's just... Uh, that, that's tragic. Okay, have you guys played League of Legends? Somewhat. Um, a lot more than I would like to admit. <laughs> okay. I made out of himself, but yeah. Dude, I played at launch. Nothing's more embarrassing than that. I just can't do like like top down angles. Otherwise, I'd probably be addicted to it. See, like if Epic Games wouldn't have closed Paragon, we'd be we'd be okay. But like, it's fine. Bro, it's fine. I felt that in my soul. I was a Fang Mao main, and then they closed it for Fortnite. And now I was a I was a crunch main. I was a crunch main because like I had a fucking real steel boner. But like that shit was life, and I, I'm so sad they canceled my shit. I, I was cool. Until you realize that gamers have to count. I, I didn't need that in my in my in my, in my, uh, in my Discord feed, but uh, thank you, Mary. Um, You're welcome. All, all right, we're gonna go ahead. <laughs> we're, we're gonna go ahead and jump into this now that I, we've been shown the the idea of Jar Jar Binks and Jinx from League of Legends being combined, which is horrifying. Um, so for the first major thing, and I figured I would I would address this topic specifically because for me it resulted in me taking a break from the podcast is. DC's announcement of the death of Justice League and the upcoming Dark Crisis, uh, both by Joshua Williamson. And I will be the first one to admit, when I saw this, I was pissed. Because, not like, because granted, on paper, Joshua Williamson came out with the Dark Crisis announcement and said, hey, this is an event about, like, the next generation. There's gonna be a lot of focus on, like, John and the new Wonder Girl and Jace Fox and, like, Aqualad and all this other stuff. And like like trying to show like Nightwing and his his group of next generation people doing the thing and trying to save the universe and shit. And I was like, okay. And like, like, like he even said it may be a crisis, but we're not gonna like break the multiverse again and shit. I'm like, okay, 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 that's fine. But I'm just like, what really what really started the bullshit was me getting pissed on Twitter that we're killing John Stewart. And having Hal Jordan be the one motherfucker on the cover of the book grieving over the rest of the Justice League. And I'm just like, can we That's just dirty. swap the bodies of the, of the Green Lantern casket? Please. Can we please swap the bodies of the Green Lantern casket? And every, every all these fake-ass motherfuckers on Twitter are going, oh, you're just racist against Hal Jordan. Like, James like, pissed off the white boys. Bro, it, it happens almost every time that I speak of, about Hal Jordan. And I, I, we already did a whole episode about it. I'm not going to keep harping on it for too long. But if you if you really want to come in my Twitter, and then this is my final stance on this, like I'll keep doing it. You're you're just going to get blocked because if you really have the 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 the, the modicum of, of of brain cells, just trying to say. How Jordan is a compelling character, then you can go into your fridge, grab a piece of white bread, take a, a sharpie, and draw a Green Lantern symbol on it, and enjoy your your, your character because that man is as compelling as stale white bread. Not even just a race joke, 
But literally, he is that compelling because I have never read a story that, like that, like any any Green Lantern story that Jeff Johns has ever written. I could literally sub in any other Green Lantern and it'd be more compelling. I could even de- I've even made, I've even made the joke before. Give like you could make Guy Gardner be the center of the Green Lantern universe, and I don't even like Guy Gardner like that. I I I, I still find it more enjoyable than this crap. Like. I genuinely don't even like his ginger ass, but I still find it more compelling than Hal Jordan. So, well, to be totally honest, the only time Hal, at least from my experience, is compelling is when he's fighting something that seems to be out of his weight class. Out of out of that, outside of that, as a character, he's literally like hot shot shit talking ace pilot, and that's it. There's like nothing I give a fuck about him. Or Carol, even. I do like the events that he's in a lot of the time, but, like, I don't know. For me, yeah, maybe it is a race thing, because the black one is more interesting. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's not even a race thing, because I'm flat out like, yo, I, I would read a Guy Gardner book, because at least he's a sassy white man. Like, I, I, I don't even like, um, what, what's his face? The dude who, Baz. I don't even like Baz like that, but, like, at least he had a good arc in the DC Rebirth where he learned to put the gun down and be a real hero. Like, th- there is more compelling stories that can be told with these characters besides white man Hal Jordan. Like, sorry. I mean, I'm just saying, like, when when whoever they bring in for this new Justice League, we could easily, easily fill that witty white guy role <laughs> they're, 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 filling it with, they're filling it with 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 uh, Far Sector Green Lantern. Yo, I don't even know her damn name, but like, I, like, I, oh, I need her. I need her so much. I think her her name is Sojourner something. I forget. Yeah, Sojourner or something. Like, yeah. So you know, like that, like that. That's my that's my last little bit on that. But in in terms of this event, and I'll, then I'm gonna I'm gonna let Mary give her a piece on it because she's the historian here. From what I can tell, and from what I've read about the event. It's very much like apparently um, Pariah is coming back and he's trying to use the powers of darkness to to, to uh, delete Earth Zero because Earth Zero is trying to corrupt the the multiverse. And I'm like, what? What? And it just so like, uh, while I'm I'm okay with another event on paper, and we'll we'll talk about this more toward the end. I really feel like DC just needs to sit down draw out their plans and stop trying to just fill in the gap between now and future state because that's going to get boring really quickly. But that's just my two cents. Mary, uh, other than you tweet tweeting on the panel, the panel Twitter, uh, how do you feel about this? Well, first of all, <clears throat> I just kind of want to bounce back to the whole Hal Jordan thing real quick. And admittedly, I am a Hal Jordan fan, but he kind of runs into the same problem that Barry Allen does where he almost in a sense has outlived his usefulness. Right. And granted that's most superheroes is that we're getting to that point where a lot of them are just slowly starting to become very stale. Mm-hmm. I would argue, uh, th- see Whoa. in my, in my Green Lantern bubble, um, and I would honestly find myself ostracized for this a lot, but I would argue that Hal Jordan was at his most interesting during Emerald Twilight. 
Look, I'll, I'll do you one better. That man was more compelling as a villain than he was as, like, anything. Like, as he was Parallax? As <laughs> Parallax! Because it was before Jeff Johns chose to rewrite it and make it an evil force. They deadass had said, yo, Hal Jordan is a villain. He And, like, he even had a humbling moment where he, like, went somewhat not villain with Zero Hour and tried to fix things, which was kind of cool. But, but, honest, or hell, he was better when he was dead as Spectre. Because at least he filled a role that Jim Corrigan was bored doing. Like, I, I, yeah. That, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to cut you off. And, like I said, this this is also where comic book dialogue gets a little tricky. Because fans seldom... I'm kind of going to drag most superhero comic readers here. Fans seldom want anything new. They want the comics that they remember as a kid. Mm-hmm. And and this, admittedly, this expands to literally all facets of comic fandom. Like, I'm not just taking pot shots at old white guys here. It's quite literally all of us. Is that yeah. we've gotten so used to the same formulaic plots and out that that's what we get used to. Mm. And, you know, how many times... Have we had to do... Let me use Batman as an example. Uh-huh. You know, how many times have we had to keep amping up the stakes to the point of stupidity because Batman needs to fight the Joker? When you can go back even as recent as the early 2000s and get some genuinely very compelling detective stories yeah. with Batman. That, you know, granted, we hadn't seen since, what, 1939, where he shoots a vampire that is still the best Batman story ever published. <laughs> yeah, no, he shoots he shoots a vampire in the 30s, and it's hilarious. I, mean, but, I would argue with, I'm a goddamn Batman. <laughs> no, 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 stop that. I'm stop lying. That right I'm lying. Like, <laughs> and Al Jordan is one of those characters that is hitting that wall sooner than others you know Barry Allen is probably really the first to kind of hit the wall in terms of going stale and now I'm not saying that this makes them bad characters or anything not at all but these are very niche power sets let's be honest here speedsters sure they have their villains but they're not tremendously useful on the Justice League because you have Superman right there. Also, when you have someone who can, like, run at the speed of light, they kind of just break everything, so, like, Superman and Flash specifically kind of break everything half the time in stories. Because look look at the Flash TV show. Every season, it's always, oh my god, he can run slightly faster than Barry. Whatever will we do? And then Barry runs faster. Run, Barry! Run! <laughs> They're constantly jumping the shark on that show. <laughs> they really are. But like, it's it, like it, I, like like when Savitar came out. A perfect example of what Mary was just saying in that show. Like it was literally like, who's this blue guy that runs so fast that he runs through time every time he fights with Barry? Oh, it's just Barry. Okay. 
And the worst part was, they literally took a character who was like the god of speed in the comics, and they're just like, he's just Barry. I'm like, what? Do you know, <laughs> didn't, do you know how much cool that would have been if, if Barry had to fight a god? Like, how oh. do you do Savitar dirtier than how they did him in Flash Rebirth? <laughs> Oof. 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 So it's like, and I, 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 Mary makes a great point. And the thing about it is, I will admit that there's times where I will say I, I have my favorites, and but but the, but at the same time, I'm very much like we need to see a progression with comic books, but they will never do it because of the fact they're afraid of sales going down. Like they're trying, DC's trying its damnedest right now with Future State, and there's a lot of new generation readers that are, that, that want that Future State Justice League to be front and center and to have those <sighs> adventures. But like, it's never gonna happen. And I, I'll, I'll be one hundred percent honest with you: it's never gonna happen. As much as we want that, as much as we want a a black Batman, a Brazilian Wonder Woman, a bisexual white man Superman, um, a non-binary Flash, and a I think pansexual Aquaman. Like, as cool as that sounds, it's never gonna happen because the the main chunk of the market is still cis het white men. It's never gonna happen unless it's a digital only exclusive book of like an alternate universe kind of thing, like how we had Justice League three thousand for a while. It's never gonna happen because I, I make that joke all the time of what happens when we're a hundred years from now and Miles Morales is still not the mainline Spider Man and it's Miguel's turn. We're gonna work. That's gonna happen because like these comic book companies refuse to go forward. Say something that's potentially going to get me crucified. No, get man. it. Oh, oh, get no. it. Oh no. And admittedly, I'm taking a pretty big pot shot at, if you will, our side of the issue. Oh, it's oh, not. Oh. It's not, and Marvel and DC and you know other superhero publishers this is kind of the thing they need to learn and even as fans consuming the media it's not enough to stuff someone with a minority identity in a comic book yes it's it's not enough like sure you can have a black batman but what are you going to do differently you know how are we going to make this character genuinely compelling you know um you can have like uh, a lesbian wonder woman and like it feels like props and unfortunately looking at this new justice league lineup and knowing what I, i'm not the biggest fan of joshua williamson i'm not at all and i am fully expecting him to bungle this it's entirely possible. And now, granted, will I admit that Tom Taylor has knocked, knocked it out of the park with um, John Kent? I, I, I will wholeheartedly admit that he has knocked it out of the park with that that specifically. Because he's done well with the writing of that. And, oh, Mary might be disagreeing. Ooh, okay. We'll get to that in a second. But um, in general, I, I'm of the belief that I, I agree with her to an extent. Because... The, the, when Future State first came out, that was great. We got the those symbols of the future, but then we saw things like the DC Pride uh, book come out, and we had that solo story of uh, of the non-binary Flash coming in doing the uh, doing their thing. 
but we know nothing about them. They were only put in the book because of of their their, like their first appearance and and the, and the community knowing they were non-binary. Like it's the same issue we have with all the LGBT characters at uh, DC in general. That unless you're being propped up to be the next big thing, like John is right now, it's not going to be front and center. Like Tim Drake came out as by what like four or six months ago. Only had a couple issues here and there since. Nothing big. No, no new Robin 3 book or nothing like that. No Batwoman book currently going on. Despite Batwoman TV show going on. No no Midnight or an Apollo book. They're writing as backup to Superman and the Authority. Despite Superman never being a part of the Authority before this. Sorry, that's my one little bitch about that for a second. Um, in gen- and like there, There's these little pocket things of like, we're, we're, we're not getting true diversity. We're only getting these little, like, hey, look, it's the thing you wanted, but, like, it might not stay along for long if you don't buy it, and it's just... <sighs> well, there's also what the, the thing to consider, like, if there are times where we have opportunities for good diversity, like, uh, I'll use Naomi for an example, like... You, you better, well, you're walking on eggshells there, boy, you better be careful. Well, Naomi was a great opportunity for representation, and she is great representation, but... Where's her spotlight? Oh, I mean, she does have busy. the. She has the TV show. Which I, mean, I still haven't watched. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm like refused on principle because uh, there's I, no content to, to watch. I, I that's, know, that's they exactly have... the point. Like, I, I like that yeah, they have a TV okay. show, but like. What is what are they going to build off? Of? I see what you get. Yeah, well, that, that, like, that was my that was my argument like months ago when we we talked about Naomi, where it was like you you thought Black Lightning was bad being strapped for content, only having like three four runs of a book in his entire existence, and then a little bit of outsider shit because of like him and Thunder. You really think Naomi's gonna have a, a good show with only? One volume and now a second volume because Bendis rushed it out in time for the show? Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, that's... They're going to be winging it very quickly with that show, and I think because of that... I mean, it could work. They could gamble and win. I really, honestly, that would be cool if they did to have a a whole dynamic where the comic kind of has to follow the show. That would be a really different paradigm shift for comics in general, but... It would be cooler if we could have these characters fleshed out, and then we wouldn't have a need for stuffing a black man in a bat suit. You know what I mean? Oh, can can I mention something that Go really bothers me? Go for it. I was thinking. Of, sorry, I was thinking about you know uh, the Justice League lineup, and we were talking about that. Why is it that all of like? the diversity and you know people with minority identity why do they all have to be fucking teenagers like i mean that's I'm, the same I'm thing it's just like i get it that you know they're trying to and you know dc and marvel but they're trying to kind of push more towards that teen young like you know mid mid team to very early 20s market that they haven't really pushed for for quite a while because you know um both dc and marvel have had um like books or like um targeted towards that age range uh do really well through the scholastic sta- scholastic sales oh my god i i promise i can talk <laughs> 
But, you know, we've had those books sell really well in those markets that they want to try and push for more for that market. And it's just, why do they all have to be teenagers? Here's, my, am- answer. Here's my answer to that. Because like, I've been debating that for a while now. Because um, recently I went into a, a Books A Million to look and see if there was any, like, good LGBT love stories or just, like, any gay fantasy books, period, because they don't really exist. Um, and I happened to be walking out in disappointment and there was a young adult gay um like story like brand new just published on the wall it's, it's in my room i'll grab it i'll grab it and put it up on twitter later um it, it like it, and i asked my roommate about it and her, and her response was it's probably because the next generation is the one pushing for that content while granted we're still in that millennial age of like we we've been begging for that content for years it's from from a publisher slash company standpoint, they're seeing the the how you doing fellow kids argument of hey these kids want that shit so let's give them that shit which okay cool but me me and Mary and God knows who else have been banging on the door like where's our Midnighter content where's our Aqualad content where's our Batwoman content for years now and yet our stuff has gone unanswered so I, mean, I, get, I am. Yeah. I am now, unfortunately, for my sanity, 30 years old. God damn it. Hey, I, I, I hit 30 the other day. <laughs> yep, so oh, Travis, you just, you wake up and then you have that feeling of, oh, oh god, no. I still got four but, years, I'm okay with it. Like, I'm actually an adult now. Right. I, <laughs> I always told myself I'd have my life together by the time I was 30, and 30 is here, and I'm like, fuck. It feels so weird being the younger person in this room, despite me feeling so much older than both of you. And it's just that I don't know. I feel like at this point I was kind of talking myself in circles and obviously having like, you know, queer teenagers represented in comic books. I'm not, that is objectively a good thing. Right. But it doesn't have to be all there is. Well, and, and here, here's the one thing. Sometimes okay. I feel really fucking uncomfortable reading some of the books. Why is that? Because like they're written for teenagers. So it's just kind of, I don't know. There's just something that feels off about it in my head. Okay. I mean, I mean... I'll, 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 here, here's one. Here's one thing, because like I remember uh, back when this new era of DC kicked off last year or the year before last, with um, they they did that story in Infinite Frontier about Alan Scott coming out and like to his kids, and that was cool, but it's very obvious that the the older generation isn't their focus. They they only did the Alan Scott thing to basically go hey he's back in the continuity and we're gonna follow up with that whole earth 2 thing we did before but like don't expect him to constantly be around which that felt fucked up but in general i think the one thing that needs to be said in general just for like nerd media in general is like the 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 gays are only the kids if that makes sense like we can have adults LGBTQIA plus content that isn't just sex, like, 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 not granted. Does saucy <laughs> material work sometimes? Dope, or, yeah. 
but god the, help me like queer content written by and for straight people uh, it stresses the rest me out. of it just no but yeah no so like i i feel where mary's at but to be honest i think if there's ever a, a way where the just like the justice league future state book can exist we need to shift the narrative away from only sales matter or only print sales matter rather and focus on saying hey these books are for the next generation we're going to stick by it and push it because otherwise we're going to see a bunch of pre order like a bunch of pre orders canceled and nothing's going to matter because i remember recently i went in to get uh my pull list shout out to rubber city comics and i was like yo what happened to my pull none of my aquaman books are in here and they said oh your pre-order got deleted because there was no other pre-order, so our system messed up. And I was like, damn. So you're telling me the the story of, of Jackson Hyde taking over as Aquaman, as a black gay man, isn't getting support? Huh. It's almost like I called it, that if you guys don't pre-order, it's going to happen. But it's not going to happen, which sucks. Like... Freaking, um, like we we have like these creative teams busting their asses to give us this content that we begged and begged and begged for so long. Like Brandon Thomas is writing his ass off with Aquaman coming up right now, and yet no one cares. It sucks. So that's our little bit on the issue. One more. One more. Go for it. Just, Just, just one more. Just, I'm sorry. Just bear with me here for a second. And what bothers me is that the queer content that existed in, you know, the very late 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, the early 2010s, like, a lot of it was very risky stuff. And I don't mean risky in terms of, you know, it was just... It was up in the air about whether and how it would actually do. Because, you know, especially during, like, the 90s and whatnot, talking about, you know, queer issues was still pretty taboo. I mean, we had the Defense of Marriage Act signed in the U.S. in in the uh, mid-1990s. So a lot of it was just very intense storytelling and the way that so many of these writers kind of took them out of the bubble of just being a gay character and creating these beautifully complex people. I feel like we're almost in a sense stepping back into the, okay, this person is uh, bisexual, click, you know, check that box. That's all they ever need to be. This person is non-binary, check. That's all they ever need to be. I feel like we're not getting who they are as a person we're just getting the look at all of these people that are queer in this book you know and what bothers me is that these kind of books and i'm horrendously cynical this evening so i apologize for that but that are little more than gimmicks are getting credit for work that other books busted their asses four years ago oh speak on it Because um, I saw a lot of discourse going on about, you know, um, teen, teen teams. God, I hate that. 
um, my stutter picks up when there's too much alliteration. Mm. But, you know, uh, superhero teens comprised of teenagers, let me put it to you that way, about how they're all kind of, you know, the line of like, okay, one queer teenager per team kind of a thing. And I was witnessing an interaction going back and forth talking about how this was revolutionary and absolutely groundbreaking that queer issues were being talked about in a book with teenage superheroes. And I like, it just, it made part of me just like die a little bit inside because this is the kind of crap that runaways was crucified for in the late two thousands. So many people were so angry about Carolina, you know, being a lesbian, poking at Nico being bisexual. Granted, it has not aged well. I will be the first to admit that. Mm. But Zavin's gender identity issues. That was almost completely uncharted territory in comic books outside of, you know, maybe what Chris Claremont had been doing with Mystique. Yeah. And it. It's just like those were genuinely very risky endeavors to take. And these were conversations that the larger audience didn't want to have. And so I feel like we're taking a step back to, okay, you know, this character gay, but let me list all the reasons why they are more like their sexual identity does not define them. And we're, I feel like we're regressing back to their sexuality should be most important thing about them. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good because I I've been of the belief, and the thing about it is we're almost like like like, like sco- scooting a line where it sounds like we don't want ca- those characters to exist. No, because no, not we're not all. gators. We're not fucking stupid. We're not gators. We're very much saying we want people like us, like you. They have my gay ass and Mary's gay ass sitting here yelling at you, saying we want gay characters to exist. We want trans characters, not binary characters. Be like people of color, everyone to exist, but. Look at what happened. Like I'll, I'll go back to this fucking uh, mar- milestone to the day I die of what happened with Black Panther and the crew. That actually, and then nobody supported it. And then now we're dealing with situations like Mary saying, where you we we finally got these characters, but their own their, their only existence is they're non-binary. Which, cool, yay, somebody is going to embrace that and love that, and that's great. But then they're going to ask in like a year or two when they're finally going, hey, like, where's, 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 where's that Jess Quick book we asked for? Where's that Jess Quick book? They're going to start wondering, what is there more about Jess Quick besides that they're non-binary? Like, Have you even seen their face yet? Uh, yes, in the Pride issue. In the Pride issue, we saw their face. Okay. They because the, like, they were on a date with um Andy and they had a they had a hoodie on. So like oh, and something that I want to point out before somebody starts coming at me about the pride issue, they're gimmicks. Let, let's be honest here; they're just gimmicks. Like oh, yeah, I, that, I, that doesn't make them bad. I think they're cute, and I'm glad that we've gotten to a point where we can have cutesy gimmick books like that. But you know, those should be reserved for. That you know, I feel like the gimmicky stuff should be reserved for like the pride issue mm-hmm. and not the sole focus of you know all of these new characters. Like, well, he was, he was even a good one, real quick. We'll Everybody for so long 
wanted Dreamer from Supergirl to be in a comic. They didn't yes. just go. They didn't just go. Yo, Dreamer's in Supergirl's book now, or Yo, Dreamer has her own book. They waited for Nicole Ames to be available for the DC Pride book and had her tag along to uh, to get credit as a writer. Maybe she contributed. Maybe she didn't. We we have she no idea. It. Oh, she wrote it from scratch. Okay, cool. It wasn't just a credit. Great, we love that. So she wrote it, but. They haven't asked her to do shit since that happened. They haven't asked yeah. her for a Dreamer ongoing or a miniseries or anything. It's just, hey, you get to show up for the Pride the Pride issue and nothing else. And that's the the, the core of what we're bitching about is they, they, mean, they, they're only getting pulled up for the gimmick or they're only being seen as gimmicks to attract the younger audience. And ironically, it is hilariously embarrassing for DC to do this. It is hilariously embarrassing for them. I mean, this kind of I I started my first topic, today, so I am a bitch. Um, no, no, you, like this rant needed this, to happen, like because me and Travis bitched about the, the Hal Jordan thing, and this needed to happen too. So, like this kind cool. of this kind of gimmicky shit is what I expect from Marvel. Ooh. I, I, I know that's hey, how... talk that shit though. Talk that shit. <laughs> because because let's be honest here, prior to the Disney buyout, there were two properties in all of Marvel that actually mattered. Spider-Man and the X-Men. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and, if, and if you look at some of the most dynamic storytelling in Marvel during their publication history. Where does it all fall between Spider-Man and the X-Men? Yes, mm -hmm. there are some great Cap stories from the 80s. Like, yes, there are great... N no, there are no great Avengers stories from the 80s. No, there's not. <laughs> there really isn't. The Avengers, closest you 200. Avengers 200, that's all I'm going to say. Like, um, literally, like, yeah, there's nothing. Um, but let's go ahead and move on from there. Hold, now that hold we, on, hold on. I had something for that. I had something since you guys were, like, laying out the red carpet and shit. Um... The the shitty thing about it is it's like as like a now saying it on the air like hey, motherfucker yes out a non-binary person it's hard to find something I relate to on that level but I see characters to me that seem obvious like Metamorpho for example so proud of you motherfucker I screwed <laughs> the line earlier I'm sorry let's go oh. <laughs> I have a really big smile on my face there you go. War, baby, let's go. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Okay. Also, one more thing. It's super embarrassing for DC to do this because you published fucking bombshells of all comics. Right, bombshells was queer. Like, come on now. You know what they should do? You know what they should do? They should what? take the same universe's bombshells and just do that, but with men. Yes. Like, that that you know, bro, just I'll gather up all of just make yes. everyone gay. Bro, I, I I remember like before I came out, and I remember seeing the bombshells variant of Aquaman and like the sailor cap and and like like the little map on his chest. I was like, yes. So like, yes, give me bombshells, gay man. I would, bro, bro. I need that. <laughs> bro, no, he's, like he's in the bombshells book, but he's a himbo sailor who simp's for Mira. Which, oh. admittedly, is a great role for him. Yes. But I feel like if anyone in the Justice League would be an, the archetypal himbo, it would be Aquaman. Yes. Um, but no, now, now that we've had some Holy great shit, moments and some, and, 
Yeah, him by Aquaman would be great. But now that we've had we've had some announcements and some bitching from both sides of the, of the court, the, the queer side and the, and the and the black side, let's go ahead and dive into some other topics. Um, so uh, the, the, other, the other big one that really came out while we were gone, and that's that's sort of like in the works, is that um, all of the Marvel Netflix shows have officially left Netflix, and they are going to be moving to Disney Plus at the end of the month. And I'm. I knew this was gonna happen sooner or later. I was, I was like, I felt it in my bones, especially after. And obviously, it's been what a month or so, two months since Spider-Man: Homecoming and Hawkeye aired. So, where's gonna come out and say it? Daredevil is officially in the canon of MCU now because of Spider-Man and because of Hawkeye. So, deal with it. But in general, um, with with this announcement, I find myself very excited for the future because now that Charlie Cox is back in the canon, Vincent D'Onofrio is back in the canon, it opens these doors for these characters to return. And and, and now with the Doctor Strange trailer officially showing, or, the, or, or officially confirming the idea that um, Professor X might be coming like into the fold, I, I, I'm really excited to see what like oh. MCU officially does with like daredevil in the canon and stuff like that because there's rumors daredevil might make a cameo in she-hulk because of the lawyer thing which i thought i would be so fucking happy about but like i don't know i, I i'm excited for the future i'm excited to re-watch uh, all these shows on like, on, like on disney plus because i i haven't actually i i never finished season three of daredevil and i never got to season two of luke cage or season two of iron fist because i just was so fucking busy back then um, You're not so missing much on season two of Luke Cage. Really, really. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of sad. I'm kind of sad. I was excited for Bushmaster, but uh, all right. Um, but no. So, but uh, Travis, how you feel about these the, these shows going to Disney Plus? Uh, I, I messaged in chat doing dad things, so you're gonna have to fill me in and then edit this part. <laughs> Net, Netflix, the, all the Netflix Marvel shows have left Netflix and are going to Disney Plus. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I heard about that. I think that's a a really good switch, though. I think uh, the Punisher show ending up on Disney Plus is a really like huge shift in the type of content that's going to be on that platform. I mean, Moon Knight Dude, comes out in a month. Scene between Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, that's going to be on Disney Plus. Yeah, where yeah. they're they're super they're super strict fucking yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's going to be on Disney Plus. You know what I mean? Like um yeah, this is different. You know what I mean? The, the most like sex and murder you get out of Disney Plus right now is in Star Wars, and I can tell you that there's the only sex is Anakin and Padme apparently in that whole series. So everything else is child murder with laser swords. So can can we pour one out for the fact that Natalie Portman was able to successfully escape Star Wars? Hey man. I still say Natalie Portman should come back and do some like early like early Padme shit. Like I it's it's nice having I don't the think she's going to. And she did that SNL joke, which was fucking hilarious. But like, I'll be the first one to say it's nice having the the the, the uh, woman who voiced Padme on Clone Wars uh, do the narration of those books that came out recently, the Queen's Wrath books. Those books are amazing. But like, it'd be it'd be nice to see Natalie Portman actually respect where she came from and stuff like that. That's just me. Do you want to know my one piece of like big Star Wars trivia? What? Kira Knightley is in the Phantom Menace. Yes, she is. She she plays uh, one of the uh, Padme's alternates. Yep. Sorry, I, I I like Star Are you Wars. Serious? Not- 
Yeah, you're nightly. Yeah. Yo, yeah, so I know shit have been confusing those two actresses pretty much my entire life. <laughs> and now I know why. <laughs> uh, okay, so, uh, Mary, how you feel about the Netflix shows besides the like sexy portions of it coming to Netflix, uh, coming to Disney Plus? In, like it's to be expected that you know Disney is a giant scary self-cannibalizing machine and <laughs> they but you know I'm I'm not surprised I don't know why people are angry because I've seen a lot of anger and it's like this really was to be expected that they wouldn't want the rights to the shows right um I'll be honest, I'm not expecting as many cameos as people are clamoring for. I'm really not, because I've noticed with the MCU, they don't particularly like to retread the same ground. Like, sure, we might get like a Daredevil cameo in She-Hulk, but don't expect a new Daredevil show. Right, like it was big that that Kingpin's now like it, it was a villain in Hawkeye. That was some big shit. So like, it's it's a miracle we got that alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, but is it? It's not unfounded, or I should say, to want another hallway scene. You know what I'm oh, saying? Of course, like them hallway scenes were iconic to the point they burnt, they like butchered them in future releases. But like, I, I, it, it would be nice to see some future awesomeness when it comes to that. But right, or or even like like, and here's a really obscure one. Give me some some Davos the Steel Serpent in my Shang-Chi a little bit, you know, like just little things like that. I'd be cool with, but I don't know. They can't just leave them to be in the coffin forever. That would suck. That'd be terrible. I don't know, man. Like for what I'm like, for what I'm seeing, like them already introducing this new Asian iron fist has me thinking like everybody, but Finn Jones is going to be able to make a cameo or like Finn Jones is going to do what, um, fucking Mark Ruffalo's doing and hand the fist to somebody else and it's gonna be like, you're done. <laughs> so, it, it, it could go anyway, honestly, but I'm excited. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, so, the uh, one of the other big announcements that came out the pa- this past week that I noticed was that um, Ant-Man uh, is getting a new four-issue miniseries uh, called Ant-Man Today, Tomorrow, and Yesterday, where we're getting a brand new um, future Ant-Man, sort of like, like a 2099 kind of thing, but like I don't know if it's the correct year. It's going to be written by Al Ewing, and it's going to tell, tell the, the, whole, the whole 60 years of Ant-Man's story. And I'm concerned. <laughs> like... If anybody could tell Hank's history in not in, in, in an eloquent way that Marvel will tolerate, it's Al Ewing. But I'm concerned. At this point, like, I don't know. Like, they are never going to be able to move past that. We're not. We're not. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the fact that that I wanted to. The fact that the movies, you know, you know, discounting Michael Doug, you know, all that. But like the fact that the movies ditched Hank to make Scott the primary Ant Man, like, and it's at no. 
Yeah. But at no other point have we seen, you know, the the legacy ta- fully take the place in the initial in the initial version of the character. Mm-hmm. Really, we've we haven't seen that at any other point in the MCU. Like right. they didn't do old man Peter and start with Miles kind of a thing. You know, they didn't do. Um, yeah. Which that would you be really up. fucking cool. Well, I personally, I think that might have to do with kind of Paul Rudd Ant Man's theme in the MCU because he's like every this everyone's got a character, right? You got Thor that's like the jock that needs to get a fucking clue, uh, constantly needs to get a fucking clue. Uh, you got Cap who's always fighting for the greater good, and then you have single dad. Wait, what? Hold on. <laughs> what is this? Ah! It's the key picture. Ah! See? They did... Ah! <laughs> See, now this his brain why. can't focus. This is why. See, okay. she, she was the body double. This is why. This is why I have this... Because I remember being like, oh man, Natalie Portman's in like everything. <laughs> God damn it. Right, let's continue. You're uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Talking about Scott being the single dad. Yeah, he's the single dad of the MCU. That's his whole it's his whole thing. He goes to the quantum realm in the first one because the idea was he was gonna save his daughter. Uh and then the first thing he does when he comes back from the snap is is go see her. You know what I mean? I feel like I don't know shit about Scott in the comics. So maybe that's his thing in the comics too. It, it kind of is, yeah. That's like the one thing he gives a fuck about like is his daughter. But that that seems to be the only thing that gets him to do some like all right, let's save the world kind of shit in both his own movie and the Avengers one. See, my biggest thing and what what always kind of irritated me was Jan and Hank, regardless of the issues at hand, are founding members of the Avengers. Yes, having Nat and Clint there at the beginning with dope, like trying to like th- have them fill the gap that was Clinton in, in not, no, not Clinton, having them fill the, the gap that is Hank and Jan, cool. But if you want an elegant way to address the fucking issue of Hank and Jan, Earth's Mightiest Heroes already answered it for you. You could have done it, and especially. Hank, or you you could have just ignored it. You could have just had Hank confront like what what ended up being a oh, a very well done rewrite by Jeremy Whitley was confronting Hank's mental illness and not have him hit like, hit his wife and just move on. Granted, that was a oh, artist no. mistake that that was that was drawn up and bullshit, whatever. And but no, at the same time, um, in Whitley's book, they do address the fact that Hank hit her. Which is cool. That, that, that wasn't what I was saying. I'm saying yeah. that, like, well, I'm saying. Oh, the re- okay. The I thought you were saying that Jeremy wrote that out. Oh no, no. Okay. I, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, the the idea that Jeremy brought in the concept of Hank having a mental illness. That's great. Why not keep utilizing that and put that on the main screen and just not have him hit Jan? Just have him be super in his lab, having like post-it notes everywhere, like to talk about his mental illness and confront it. Have Hank be a main player, maybe not have um Michael Douglas play him or have or like because Paul Rudd could have pulled it off, but like he's better as uh Can I say uh, something snarky? Go for it. That would be 
too uh, comprehend. Like that would be too much of a complex story for the MDU. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I, I just okay. I, so I, I, somebody's gonna come for my ass for that, but I had to. It, it was I right mean, there. No, Somebody good. had to take your defense. Yeah. The, the most complex, uh, uh, maybe racial diversity related story is literally Sam Wilson being like, "We gotta get along, everyone. Come on now!" And like, the so, worst part. Is, uh, <laughs> That, 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 that whole show, man. I, I still like. I love that. I love Falcon and Winter Soldier to death. But god damn it, them. But I also hate we, it. <laughs> like we got, we gotta make him Bubba Gump from fucking Forrest Gump. Make him be from Louisiana. That motherfucker is from Harlem. Louisiana. That man is from Harlem. That still irritates me. But whatever. Um. But no. In general, I, I am excited for the return of the like, or like at least the the, the acclamation of the MCU stuff. Well, the Netflix stuff into the MCU, but I, I agree with Mary that there won't be a million and one cameos. There might be some good shit, but not a lot of good shit. So, meh. Okay. Now, uh, the, now for the main thing that I wanted to talk about this evening is the current state of comic books. Bad. <laughs> it's bad. Case closed. <laughs> I, I, I was hold up. Uh, what I wanted to do, <laughs> that was, <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. But no, nah, like, okay. So, uh, for, for, obviously the industry is still trying to recover from what happened with COVID-19. But in general, we are sitting at, at a place now where DC does not know what the fuck it th- is going on. Like, they're they're trying to let Joshua Williams seem the last of their, like, super brilliant people who has a lot of ideas do one more cool idea brain thing and then like after that they don't know what the hell they're doing like then you then, then you have marvel who i i legitimately looked at marvel solicitations for april and i don't know what the fuck marvel is doing <laughs> like i was like oh hey a hulk and wicked book in space but then, like, oh god, jo- John Romita Jr. is returning full time to Spider Man. What the fuck? Yo, what? Are you serious? Yes. Uh, okay, so, like, no disrespect, but he is my second least favorite artist. Oh, no, 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 no. That, 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 that was my, oh, my, that was my point. Like, I, I have a vehemently like hatred John Ro- Oh, god. I have a vehement hatred of John Romita Jr. And you want to know, like, you want to know why? Uh, let me let me let me present uh, K, uh, K, uh, evidence number one: DC Rebirth Suicide Squad. Ah, Triangle Spikes, Killer Croc, and Super Thick Harley Quinn. Like, oh, that book. Oh my the, god. The entirety of World War Hulk, or yeah, World War Hulk. See, World War Hulk Romita Jr. is Romita Jr. trying. And, like, there's times where that, or even his early Spider-Man, is Romita Jr. trying. But anything else, like, he did um, Frank Miller's Superman book last year, the year before last. And, but oh my God. here's what you should ask yourself. Here's the real question. When you're reading a comic book and there's dialogue happening, would you rather look at a Rob Liefeld Wolverine face or any Ramita Jr. face. 
Oh, 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 and and, and like, like like I I feel like the the the, the, tr the, the evil trinity of the comic book industry is like Ramita Junior, Liefeld, and J. Scott Campbell. Like, like those those like that's like the devil combination right there. But no, like Marvel, for instance, like the big news that came out recently for Marvel books was that oh um I, 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 a black cat is getting her own Iron Man costume or like. Um, somebody else is going to be wearing the the the, the Iron Cat suit in a, a Black Cat Iron Man team up book, like what? And then like they're they're making a What If Miles Morales book, and I'm just like, Marvel. What if what? Miles Morales got the time of day? <laughs> right, right. That, that, that that's the biggest Ooh. thing right there. Uh, and then apparently Jenna's Vale is coming back in a new Captain Marvel series, and I'm like, huh? So y'all really don't want Carol to do shit now, don't do you? <laughs> They really don't. Like, like I really don't want Carol to do shit anymore. You're bringing back Jenna's Vale. Who gives a fuck about Jenna's Vale? <laughs> but no. Nah. And, and the thing is, I'm starting to see, and I, I talked about this with uh, Brandon Thomas before, I'm seeing again this like salvaging of the industry from the, the indie market where you see in, like like indie writers trying to make their own content. Boom Studios is cranking out bangers at left and right, which I'm like, hell yeah. Um, Vault Comics, and I'm probably going to start doing some Vault uh, Spotlight stuff on the show, trying to get some creators in, because their shit is continuously money, to the point they did an entire book called Money Shot, where it was like um, people going into space and making porn with aliens, and it sold like gangbusters. Like... What? <laughs> like the, the they can they, they are printing like like great books over there, and they need to be highlighted. But Marvel and DC right now they have no direction. They're very much stuck in this thing of they know the new generation is coming, but the old generation is still bitching about like we don't want the old the new generation to come because like now you have recently they announced that Sam Wilson is is returning as as Captain America, but. Steve is also going to be Captain America, and Sam's going to get his own shield, and like, set, like, like that's different from the normal shield. It's going to be like, like a blue rim and a different kind of star, and like Sam's going to be like street level or some shit, while Steve does bigger shit. Which, if if we've read the Heroic Age, we know that doesn't work. Um, and they're going to retcon Sam um, to be from Louisiana. Can I? Okay, we might actually have to edit this part because I'm going to say something and I don't know if it's beyond the bounds of reason. No, go for it. We'll see what happens. That all kind of sounds like comic book separate but equal. No, no. I, you are absolutely correct. That's the same thing that I've been bitching about for so long of like publishers are so scared that the new generation is going to sell poorly because of the old generation bitching that they're trying to do separate but equal uh -huh. things like having two Spider-Man books of Miles and Peter. Now we're having two Captain America books. Um, it's a, like, and I'll, I'll bet you my bottom dollar that like, like, like come here at the end of the year when Love and Thunder comes out, you're going to see Jane Foster walk out of a time warp or like pick up the hammer again. You know what's going to happen. So like, I, I, it's very obvious that like Marvel was ready for what's currently going on in, in, in the movies back during like 2016, 2017. But 
A, readers were horribly gatekeeping back then, and B, the movies weren't ready for it either. So now we have to play replacements because of it, and it's just, Mary is right. It very much is a separate but equal thing because they're scared of the, of the white people. We're, we're, we're back at that of publishers are scared of white people. You and can't, then, you can't hell, scare the even, male marauders, bro. That's even giving them too much credit. They're not scared of them. They're scared of pissing them off. Yeah. Like, right. I don't know. No, as you're right. a white, no, as a white people, like, <laughs> damn. Well, I mean, Mary, I'm not asking you where you were on January 6th, you know? So I wouldn't right. worry about you too much. Right. Uh, uh, I was sitting, <laughs> actually where I am sitting right now, kind of gaping at my television. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, I actually have a little surprise that I want to do at the end of the episode. Okay. But no, nah, um, that that was the one, the one thing we wanted, like, wanted to really highlight. And um, in terms of the comic industry right now, I think... The big and, my, and you'll see us develop, develop this conversation, and we're gonna try to get more guests on to talk about it. And you're definitely gonna see us start talking about like what books are worth picking up in the current age. Like, best believe here in a few weeks, I'm probably gonna do a spotlight on some like a couple different books Image is doing, a couple different books Vault's doing, and Boom are doing because we want you to enjoy comics, we want you to enjoy what's going on, but. I woke up the other day and I saw and I saw that Avengers and X Men are doing another another fucking fucking or fucking uh, event, and I'm like, what? So I'm very I told much you, like people don't, people don't want anything new. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm angry. No, you're right. Um, Travis, uh, how are you feeling about the comic industry at large right now? Uh, I think they need to figure it the fuck out. If I'm being totally honest. Because, like you said earlier, like, for me personally, like, there was a whole time in my life, because I've been reading nerd shit my whole life, okay? Comics came into the forefront for me, like, probably around when CC was two, and I started just binging shit. Well, no, a little earlier than that, but when I really got into it was about when CC was two. But now I'm finding myself switching back over into, like, manga and manhwa, because I'm I'm having a hard time giving a fuck about what's going on in all of these stories. Because not many like the, the last one that was really compelling was this Ben Riley Spider Man that I was reading a little bit. Hey hey Travis, but, did you did you see Tom King got a new Batman mini? I I did. Uh and this is one of those things where I'm like, I'm really glad I decided to to leave DC like an abusive boyfriend and fucking go to Marvel. Like <laughs> <clears throat> you are stronger than I, Travis. <laughs> You're stronger than both of us because I'm still over here. <laughs> Fuck um, that. Tom King is it was the the knife in my liver. Like <laughs> <laughs> Barry, uh, 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 you you are more much more educated than, than the both of us. Uh, we we need your guidance on the industry as a whole. Honestly, I I haven't looked at the dime numbers in a little while, but I'm willing to bet that it's still trying to recover from COVID <clears throat> because comics at the end of the day are a luxury item and mm. luxuries are the first thing that get cut when you've got bills pay. 
unless you have really screwed up priorities. But so no, when the pandemic hit, first hit and people started losing their jobs and losing their homes, like sales plummeted quite, you know, unsurprisingly, I would say. And I think the industry is in shock. And that's why I think they're just throwing everything at the wall to try and see what sticks. And mm-hmm. it that doesn't make for a good framework. I think both companies need to pick something and stick with it and build something new from there. Like, I don't know. It's just there's so much coming from so many different directions that none of it makes sense. Like, you know, we're getting future Justice League over here, but over here we have to have the Avengers and the X-Men, you know, have another event because they did one a while ago and people seem to like it. And it's just, I don't know. Have you ever, um, no, let me put it to this way. That gif from, I think it's Community, of the guy walking into the room with uh, pizza boxes and it's on, f- and the room's on fire. Yeah. Yeah, dog lover. Dog lover, yeah. The worst that, that universe. Is, the worst that, universe. That is, that is me walking, like, looking into the comics industry right now. Oof. Just a, okay for anyone who's seen the show Community. Mary right now is Jeff without an arm yelling at Abed to get back to reality. <laughs> like it very much is that situation, and I agree with her because it's very much like, and like it's the same situation we talked about before of why you see creators fleeing to Substack and like trying to make their own comics, and I think that's a great idea for them to keep keep on thriving. Um, it's the same reason why you see, um, like D- DC and Marvel just trying to act as if nothing happened with the pandemic and just keep on existing. But to be honest, I think both of them need to just nuke their universes and start from scratch or do what DC tried to do with like, like teasing future state and just do future state as your new like initiative. Like if I swear. Oh, so fucking messy. Like we're talking like, organizationally and release wise like right, i'm sitting here right. shaking my head right like i i i'm of a firm belief if after the deal left if we would have just time jumped and said like like yo future state justice league is here like jace fox is batman we we, we like tell a story of what happened with the titans academy we don't do what they did with titans academy in future state we act like the shazam demon thing we actually tell a compelling story about the new generation of teen titans and make it like the the x-men kind of thing you actually tell a compelling narrative with that you actually have a new generation of heroes for 2022 and make it worth people like to give a damn but for marvel you should dead ass just be like, yo, nuke the whole universe, start over from scratch, or do a time skip, or like even re- rewind the clock and say, yo, like Sam's here, uh, like uh, K Bishop's here, yada yada. Like tell the like a modern version of like like say like ultimate it, but like time skip it in a way where it makes sense. Like Steve's retired is like the, the director of Shield. Like, like you actually have legacy characters being where they're supposed to be. Like, I remember um, at the end of Tom Taylor's run of Wolverine, you saw like yeah. that super on like like futuristic world uh, where old like Laura. yeah, old girl, old, old woman Laura, where like she's like like retired in Madripoor, and like um, you you saw uh, Honey Badger 
as Wolverine do, uh, doing her thing with like laser claws and shit. And I'm like, we don't even need that. Just time jump like five, six, seven years and have them be the the, the, the mainline superheroes. Like, I don't need no crazy bullshit. Just like retire some of the white folks, move in some new people, get on with our lives, and it's, it's good. Tell new stories, tell new innovative stories, and move on with your lives. But they can't do it, and it, it, it breaks my heart. But I don't know. We're definitely going to be in the next few weeks. Like, next week, we're going to be having some guests talk about the Batman. I'm, I'm actually excited for the Batman. Originally, I was like, I don't give a fuck. But then somebody piped up in, like in my, on Twitter and said it's better than Dark Knight Rises. And I was like, well, as someone who vehemently hates Dark Knight Rises, that, that, that piques my interest. <laughs> I'm glad you're finally on the Battenson kick. Finally. I'm on the Battenson kick. I think what, what, what like, because I, I, I remember when we talked about uh, DC fandom, I think it was the, the Batmobile scene where, like, he straight up is chasing Penguin and, like, the whole car flips over and, like, he's walking towards him with the fire in the background. I was like, all right, okay, I, I, I'll fuck with it, I'll fuck with it. So, um, and then there's, like, rumors that the court's gonna be in the sequel, so I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, okay. So, I, I, I'm excited for, ne- for, the, for then. We're definitely gonna start having more issues, more spotlights, because... I want to talk about good comic books, damn it! <laughs> like, like there are good stories coming out right now. That's why we did we did the Brandon Thomas coverage before, and we're gonna start doing more stuff. And best believe, when it comes to apparently this entire pa- this entire panel is queer now. Um, I didn't get the memo, but whatever. Um, <laughs> we're gonna be definitely doing more queer content because it's something that me and Mary wanted to do for a while. So get ready, motherfuckers. Um. Travis, what is your closing statement? Actually, no, actually, no, we, we, not, not yet. Mary, you had a closing thing. What, what is your closing thing? Yes, I did. <clears throat> I've been straightening up the, uh, you know, bottomless pit of hell that is my desk, and I found something. Oh, dear. So, I need, we'll alternate between the two of you. You have to pick who goes first, okay? Okay. So, who's going first? Travis, go first. Okay, James, you're going first? I'll let Travis go first. How are you going to volunteer me? <laughs> it was funny. Also, okay. I talk too much. And you can be as ridiculous or saucy with this as you want, but Travis, give me an occupation. What do you mean? What? what? <laughs> like, I found a book of Mad Libs and I make you two do a damn Mad Lib. A Mad oh. Lib? What the fuck? Right. No, because uh, if, if anything, we should do what, what the, the the good opinion thing. Because the good opinion thing, man, so we're gonna do Mad Libs. What the fuck, James? James, it's a it's a DC Mad Lib. Oh, okay, fine, fine, fine. This will be funny. So, Travis, give me an occupation. Uh, shit. I'm on the spot now. <laughs> okay, nope, nope. I'm just gonna put pa- shit as pirate. The occupation. Pirate, pirate. Captain. <laughs> okay. Pirate. All right, James. I need an adjective. Adjective. Um, saucy. Um, plural noun. Travis. Huh. I wasn't prepared for this. Jars. Jars. And James, you being unprepared is kind of the point of this. I'm so concerned. Um, adjective. 
James, with you? Um, um, crap. Uh, um, aggressively. Aggressively. Okay. And now the rule that Victoria and I follow is that one word has to be penis. So I'm, yeah, no, that's what Victoria and I do. We actually used it as an adverb once. It was penisly. And what? there's one we there's one we did in the book where every word is just like penis. There's of all the because odd places to put a penis. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so concerned. I I cannot be trusted with this. No, you cannot. <laughs> all right. Okay. What's, what was the word? Um, a verb ending in ing from Travis. A verb ending in ing. Smoking. I just have the I'm mask stuck in my head. Smoking. James, I need. <clears throat> James, I need a noun. Up. Did you guys kick me off the call? No, I said so you're cup. Still here. What did you say, James? I said cup. Cup? A yes. plural noun from Travis. A plural noun. Uh, this is weird radio. Rocks. <laughs> this is very uh, weird radio. Uh, adjective from James. Adjective, Jesus. Um, uh, moisturized. Moisturized? Yes. Okay. Moisturizes. You, you can use that as an adjective, right? I think that's technically a verb. No, because something can look moisturized. We'll go for it. Yeah, why not? Um, I need, there's two more left. Travis, I need an article of clothing, and James, you get another noun. Um. Do-rag. Tree. And tree. Okay. I'm so concerned. You should be. Okay, this one is called Danger Zone. Alright, you ready? The citizens of Metropolis to run for their lives when the escaped Phantom Zone pirate captain Jax Ur came to Earth to use his saucy powers to smash jars and destroy buildings. Aha, I'm from the planet Krypton and I have the same aggressively power. <clears throat> I have the same aggressive powers as Superman, uh, but he's off smoking in outer space, so there's no one on Earth to stop me. Then Jaxer turned his glowing penis on the Daily Planet building. <laughs> In the fuck. Uh, Saucy powers indeed. <laughs> and um, uh, on the Daily Planet building and said, look what happens when I use my cup of shit on Superman's best rocks. Before Jaxer could destroy buildings, Superman appeared in front of him appeared in front of him and pulled out a moisturized device under, from under his do-rag. Uh, he used the device to make Jaxer surrender and save the city. Sorry, it took me so long to get here. Um, 
but I had to make a quick stop at the Fortress of Tree to pick up the Phantom Zone projector. I need to send. I needed to send Jaxer back where he belongs. Yo, <laughs> that was stupid, pointless, and totally worth it. Some yes. of it connected in the weirdest places too. Superman smoking and then having to go to the Fortress of Tree has me fucked up. <laughs> and the fact that he pulled out a moisturized device from under his do rag. Yeah, that's wow. got me fucked up too. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, that that that, that like if if you haven't been watching this, sh- if you have listened to the show before, this has been a fun episode, folks. Uh, don't forget that you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, basically anywhere you listen to a podcast besides uh freaking Sp- uh not Spotify. We are on Spotify. Anywhere you listen to a podcast besides SoundCloud, we are there because fuck SoundCloud. Um, and then uh also follow us on on Twitter at PTP underscore podcast. And you can follow us uh, where Ian and Mary post various uh, interesting things, apparently. And you, you, we will definitely be back next week with a brand new episode with some awesome guests. Uh, Travis, what is your closing statement for uh, for this episode of Panel to Panel? James ain't killed the Weeping Peninsula's final boss in Elden Ring yet. I actually have, thank you very much. <laughs> Motherfucker, that weird-ass lion thing, and then you get the weird-ass Sword of Swords, so yeah. But the Iron Throne but, Sword. Yeah, literally, it's the Iron Throne Sword. Try to call me out, bitch. I'm farther than you. Anyway. Hey, hey, hey. He ain't fought no bosses in Kaelid either. I actually, I ran away from Kaelid because I, I got I got stuck in the in the blood swamp and that shit was terrifying. Um, so you can have that one. Uh, Mary, what is your closing statement for this episode? I made you do a Mad Lib. I don't think I need to give a closing statement. Do what anyone. Um, no regrets on the Mad Lib. It was stupid, pointless, and completely worthless. Completely worth it. Okay. Um, my closing statement, as always, is support your local comic book shop. Um, get ready for more content. Uh, we will be busting our asses to give you something worth listening to every week. So we will catch you folks next time, right here at Panel to Panel. Peace out. <laughs>